It is great to be back, home away from home, and uh, it was funny as we came to church Sunday morning, we live in the state of Arizona now, and if you didn't know that already, and it was humorous because on Sunday morning, my girls, we got out of the car and the girls said, it's chilly, it's cold, and you know, it's 80 degrees outside, you know, and uh, our girls have definitely, you know, acclimated to the warm weather down in Arizona. And uh, we're finally reaching that point to where it's cooling down. I think this past week we had 100-degree weather. And uh, it's been like that really since May. So it's just been warm down there, and praise the Lord for that. Some of you are shaking your head, and how could you? Well, I hate the cold, all right? I cannot stand the cold. I get freezing easily. And, you know, I just, I, I, I chill out. I chill out. Look at that. That's a good term. But, uh, you know, it... I, I just look at, from being here and going to where we're at now, it's just amazing to see how the Lord has worked. And just a little bit about our ministry. Uh, I know we don't have a video, and I guess if we did, it wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to see it anyway. So praise the Lord for that. But uh, anyways, just with, since we left, uh, we went down to Arizona, and we were uh, just trying to figure out, you know, basically what the Lord would do. And we were uh, staying with my family for a little bit because we were planning really to kind of uh, just take those steps forward and by faith. And we were planning to get a truck and a trailer and travel and go that route. And, you know, the Lord shut that door, you know, after just praying about it and, you know, just looking, trying to walk forward through that. The Lord shut that door in our face and it was clear to us that that's not what the Lord wanted us to do, at least at this point. And uh, we were able to find a home and we were able to uh, get plugged into churches and just being able to uh, serve in churches in our area. And then uh, we were able to, you know, we're serving right now at Hillview Baptist Church. And that's kind of our local church that we go to regularly if we're not traveling, if we're not preaching in the area, filling the pulpit. And our goal and our desire is just to continue being a blessing and encouraging, uh, encouragement to others and to pastors uh, that are in our area and continue to see the gospel go forward. And, you know, that, I look at that word evangelist, uh, it's so easy that we can think of that as being maybe one that just goes and preaches everywhere. Uh, but preaches what? Preaches the gospel, and that's everywhere. Not just at pulpits or not at churches, but everywhere they go. And that's where my heart's been, is just the desire to share the gospel wherever I go. And uh, just looking to share that with others. And praise the Lord for the opportunity that we've had to be able to share the gospel, to be a blessing to different ministries. And uh, we're excited to be able to be back. It feels like we're just at home. I'm working away on the technology. It's great. And uh, praise the Lord for that. But it's great to be back with all uh, you dear people and just the many friendships that were made over the years. And uh, you guys are still in our hearts, and we still pray for you. And uh, we look forward to you know coming back again. And we look forward to every time we get to come here. And uh, we get to fellowship with you all and just be encouraged by you. But hopefully we can be an encouragement to you as well. And so if you take your Bibles, we'll be in the book of 1 Corinthians. And if you please stand in honor of reading God's Word here tonight, we'll go ahead and dive into the Word here. And we'll have two, really two passages that we're going to be in tonight. And we'll be in Romans chapter number 10 as well. But that will be later in the message. 1 Corinthians 15 is such a powerful chapter. I love reading 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you haven't read it before, I encourage you, read it, read it, read it. And I encourage you to continue reading it. Why? Because it's all about the gospel. It's all about Jesus Christ. It's all about the power of His resurrection. It's, the, it's about uh, the power of the gospel and how we can just 
live in victory. Why? Because Jesus Christ is reigning. Jesus Christ is on his throne. Jesus Christ paid the price, the ultimate price for our salvation. And it's something that we can rejoice in as we look in this chapter. And so as we look in this chapter, I want us, uh, we're going to be kind of going through the whole chapter, but uh, just some key verses I want us to pay attention to as we go beginning in verse... uh, Verse number 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Bible says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And that there you see just the gospel right there in just a few short verses uh, of just Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. And that he was seen, verse number 5 of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present. But some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. And here we see the apostle Paul kind of transitioning into almost a personal testimony. He says, for I am the least of the apostles, that am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. You see... The Apostle Paul here, he's recognizing that he's, he's messed up. He's made some mistakes. He, he did some things that he can't go back on. He can't change. It's too late to change that. But what he also recognizes, what's more powerful than our sin, is the grace of God. We see in verse number 10, it says, But, the, but by the grace of God... I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. And this is where I want us to be focusing and looking at here tonight. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. The grace of God which was with me. I think I look at this passage and just really what sticks out to me is as I was just pondering about this, we see that It wasn't the Apostle Paul that did great things. It was God through him, by God's grace. He was saying, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me in verse number 11. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach and so ye believe. Because of that grace, we preach. Because of that grace, we declare the gospel. Because of that grace... We preach Christ. If the world is going to see Christ, if the world is going to come to salvation by faith, it's only going to be by God's grace. And it's only going to be through Him. Not me, but all Him. And it's so important as we look at this, we make sure that we understand this phrase, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. And let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank You so much for Your Word. I thank You so much for... Your Son, Jesus, I just thank you so much for salvation, God, and the opportunity that we have to be able to have a relationship with you. And Lord, I'm so thankful for your grace. 
And Lord, so often I try to do things in my own abilities. I try to do things in my own skills, my own talents. Lord, I try to do things in my own power. But Lord, I pray that I would recognize and I pray that every dear believer would recognize here tonight that it's only going to be through your grace that we can be used for your honor and glory. That it's only going to be by your power. It's only going to be by your might. And Lord, I pray that you would work through each and every one of us. And I pray that we would do mighty things through your grace. And Lord, I pray that we'd understand and come to that place to where we would submit ourselves to your, uh, to your precious name. That we'd submit ourselves to your authority. We'd submit ourselves to your grace and understanding, knowing that it's only going to be by you that we can make a difference in this world. I pray that as we seek to make a difference in our world, to shine brightly, I pray that it would be through your grace. And that you be magnified. Lord, we just love you and we thank you. I pray you please be with this message. I pray that you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit's power. That I would just preach exactly what you'd have me to preach. Lord, I pray that it would be your word. I pray that it wouldn't be my own. I pray that you'd be lifted up and exalted here tonight. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Just as I look at this passage here, I see that... I, I just ponder about the Apostle Paul, you know, and we, we look at, you know, back to Brother Spillman's message on the Apostle Paul, and he just began to talk about Paul and all that he did, and we can look at the Apostle Paul and see that he did much for the Lord. He was a great Christian. He was one that did mighty things. He was used of God to pen uh, much of the scripture of the New Testament. We see that he was used of God to, to plant and start many churches. He was used of God to be able to be a witness for Christ. But Paul would be the first to tell you that it wasn't by his own ability. It wasn't by his own actions. It wasn't by uh, his own doing, but it was all Christ. It was all Christ in him. And that's why it's so important that we come to this understanding because if we're going to make an impact in our world, if we're going to see this nation, we're going to see this world, we're going to see this state, whatever it may be, uh, if we're going to see them come to Christ, it's only going to be through the power and the grace of God. It's not going to be through ourselves. It's not going to be through our own. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. It's important that we go and share the gospel. It's important that we give so that we can support these missionaries and support others to go and give the gospel. But I pray that it would be us going by grace and us giving by grace. Choosing to live a life completely submitted to the Lord, allowing God just to flow through us. I pray that that would be our desire. The gospel must go forth by grace. So how can we see the gospel go forward in our life by grace? Number one, you must know the who of grace. You must know the who of grace. The author and the giver of grace is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You must know him. You must have that personal, close walk with him. You must have that, just that love for him. You must have that close relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ because that's how you're going to be used of Him. That's how you're going to be able to shine brightly. That's how you're going to be able to just be a conduit for the Lord to just pour His grace through you. I look at the, uh, I just see the Apostle Paul had just a sweet relationship with the Lord. I look at uh, just so many Christians, so many believers that have been influences in my life. And I've always asked myself, you know, you know, what do I have to do? What are the skills that I have to gain? What are the abilities that I have to, uh, to attain? And what 
what I see is that it's none of ourselves. It's all through Jesus Christ. It's all through knowing him. You know, so often in Bible college, you know, you kind of get the mentality that, oh, uh, I'm going to get all the skills and everything I'm going to need in order to be, you know, a, a preacher. Or I'm going to get all the skills that I need to be a missionary. And so often we can rely on our own skills and our own abilities. But we have to, again, remind ourselves that it's not through our own power. It's not through our own abilities, but it's through the power of Jesus Christ. It's going to be through that close walk with Him. It's going to be that close relationship that we have with Him. We must know the who of grace. We must know Jesus Christ. If we're going to see this world reach with the gospel of grace, we must know the creator of grace. So what about our relationship empowers us to share the gospel of grace? Well, it's knowing that he's alive. Knowing that Jesus Christ is alive, amen? That's something to rejoice about. That's something to be excited about. Because he is alive. He's not in the grave. He's not in the tomb. He is alive. He is risen, amen? If we look here, we continue in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We see... In verse number 12, it says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain. And your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God. Because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up. If so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. And in the, excuse me, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. If Christ was dead, we would be the most miserable people. We would be trying to do everything that we're supposed to do and Christ is not risen. We would still be dead in our sins. We would still have uh, our our place in that place or we'd have our place in hell. We would still be uh, condemned in our own wickedness. But we see that it doesn't stop there. It's something to be excited about. It says in verse number 20, but now is Christ risen. Praise the Lord for that. That's something to rejoice about. That's something to be excited about. You know, and because Christ is risen, you know what? I am in newness of life in him because I place my faith and trust in him. If you are a believer in Christ, you too uh, have been resurrected from your old flesh into your new flesh or into your, uh, to your new self. Amen. All right. And we see that uh, just to see that we have this new life, this transformed life because of Jesus Christ. Just knowing that he is alive, it gives us power. It gives us excitement to be able to share the good news, to share the gospel. It empowers us to be able to share it with somebody else because he is not dead. He is a God that hears my prayers. He is a God that answers uh, the needs of my life. He is the God that has saved me from my sin. And that's something to rejoice about. Knowing that he is alive, it empowers us to share the gospel of grace. We also see that He is in authority. When we know that He is alive, when we know that He is in authority, it gives us some boldness. Knowing that our Savior is King, all right? Knowing that He is in charge. Knowing that there's nothing that gets past Him. There's nothing that uh, that would uh, hinder Him from His will coming forth. 
Knowing that our God knows uh, the beginning all the way to the end. Praise the Lord. That's something that we can rejoice about. And that's something that we can have boldness in as we share the gospel. Knowing that our God is king. That he is in authority. No matter what this world offers or whatever happens in this world. Our God is on the throne. And praise the Lord. We, that's something to rejoice about. That's something to be excited about. When we know that he is alive, when we know uh, his authority, we see that uh, in verse number 24. It says, then cometh the end when he shall, he, excuse me, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. For he hath put all things under his feet. But when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all, all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him, that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Praise the Lord, my God is on his throne. And he, is on, he rules this world. And yes, he, he's in charge. He can... He, it, he allows the devil to run for this uh, time that we live in. And he allows the temptation. But it's so that the grace of God may flow through us. So that he may be magnified. That he may be glorified. And we see that God, he, he's on his throne. He's, he has authority in this world. He is alive. We also can be encouraged in the fact knowing that he is approaching. He is near. Verse number 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So then, so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, I love this chapter. It's full of power, full of truth, and full of just some encouraging words as we go through this daily life. If we're going to be empowered by the grace of God, we have to be focusing on the fact that Jesus is alive. Understanding that He is in authority. Understanding that He is approaching. He is coming back for us. And so much, the, you know, we, we ought to make sure that we are uh, going out and sharing the good news because we don't know when He's going to return. But we know that He is. And in that, knowing that, we ought to do everything we can to share the good news, to share the gospel of grace, that people may know who Jesus is. But also knowing his affection. I think of this last verse, or 57, excuse me, second to last. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. How did God give us the victory? It was through His affection, through His love for us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's through God's love that we get to experience His grace. I look at Ephesians chapter number 3. If you please turn there real quickly. I love this, I love this passage. I'm always praying and I'm always, I've adopted this prayer for myself. Just as I 
interact with other believers, as I interact with others, the Apostle Paul shares a prayer that he has for the believers. And he he prays in Ephesians chapter number 3 and verse number 16. He says, Ephesians chapter number 3 and verse number 16, he says that he would grant you, this is that God would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and the depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. His prayer was that the believer would know the love of God. Just the vastness of it. Just to, just to see uh, how big God's love truly is. How deep it is for each and every one of us. We see that Paul's prayer is one that we ought to be praying. It's something that we ought to pray that we come to a realization that our church body, that even myself, that we pray for us to come to that realization of God's love for us and how powerful it is for us and how deep it is for us. I just think of just that little uh, phrase there. It says, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. So often we can know that Christ loves us knowledge and that understanding maybe in our mind. Maybe we, we have the knowledge of maybe the gospel. We understand. We've read the Bible. You know, I, many times out witnessing, I've had people tell me, oh, yeah, I've read the whole Bible, you know. And maybe there's that knowledge there, but the heart knowledge wasn't. And it's that heart knowledge of knowing God's love for us, knowing that it, it, it's unconditional. No matter what I do, God's still going to love me. Nothing's going nothing's to change that. And that's something that we, uh, that we can be excited about. Knowing that His love is unwavering. That nothing's going to hinder it. Knowing that His love is unending. That it's going to go on for all of eternity. That's amazing. And if you can't smile about that, you can't rejoice about that, and let me tell you, that's the reason why you're having a hard time being a witness for Christ. It's because you haven't realized the or you haven't come to that heart knowledge, that understanding of just God's love for me. And when we truly come to that realization, we can't help but to share it with others. We can't help but to share the gospel, to share the good news of what has happened in our own life. But what happens is, even for myself, even as a young person, I grew up in church my whole life. You know, I was always around it. And I got, you know, I, I professed salvation at a young age. And I just kind of went through the motions. And it, it was always around me, but I truly didn't grasp how much God loved me until later on. And it was at that point is when I placed my full faith and trust in Him. It was because I knew that He loved me. And I rejoice in that every day. And that's something that we ought to rejoice in because that will help us, that will enable us, that will empower us to be a better witness for Him. I think of my grandma. She is a wonderful lady and I had the opportunity to talk to her recently. And she's been a Christian for many years. I don't know how long she's been a Christian. I don't know how long she's been saved. I know that 
her past life as through her younger years, it was seeking love and trying to find that perfect relationship. And uh, she lost her first husband. And I can't remember if she lost her second husband or if it was a divorce or not. But there was multiple different men that had been in her life. And Grandma, hopefully you're okay with me sharing this, all right? Uh, I didn't ask her permission, so I, I will let you know if I, uh, if I get in trouble for that. But anyways, I just look at my grandma's life. And she was seeking love, right? And she was really trying to uh, fill that void that she had in her heart. And after her last divorce, after the last relationship, she learned that she could fill that love, that void with Jesus Christ. And I look at my grandma's life and just her love for her Savior is so real, so genuine. And so powerful. It's so amazing. And, and, and as I was just talking with her, I, you know, I, I was kind of talking to her about a little bit of earthly things. And she, she lives in a home. Her home is paid off. And she lives in Napa. And the area is an absolute dump. Like the area is terrible. And I mean, she's got like 10 people parking in front of her house. And, you know, just the neighbors, neighborhood's just falling apart. There's probably about, realistically, I mean, probably like 15 people probably in each home. Like, it, it's really bad. And I was telling my grandma, I said, it's paid off for. You know, she's got, a, she's got an old car. She's got, you know, some different health concerns that, you know, some different things that she's letting go because she doesn't have the finances for it. I said, Grandma, why don't you just sell your house? And I asked her, you know, what is the value of your house? $700,000. I'm like, this is a little tiny thing. It's falling apart. And somebody is willing to pay you $700,000 for that? Man, I'd do that in a heartbeat. No problem. Let's do it. You know, let's go get a new house. You don't have to have maintenance on. You know, you get a new car and be able to enjoy the rest of your life. And that's really what I told her. And she said, you know what, Jordan? That sounds nice and everything, but what I would miss is the people that walk by my house each and every day. The people that I get to go out and as they come by, I, I call them over and I talk to them. And I share Jesus Christ with them. There it is. And, Amen. you know, she... She has this passion and this burden to share the gospel. Why? Because she loves Jesus. And she, she, she's, she just, she's so happy where she's at. And she's so content knowing that that's her mission field that God has put her on. And it convicted me so bad. I was like, man... Just to think that here I am, you know, thinking, man, Grandma, get in, you tr- treat yourself a little bit. You've struggled for so many years, you know, trying to, trying to pay the bills all on your own, trying to raise, you know, five children all on your own, and trying to go, you know, trying to live this life. It's been a battle. It's been a struggle. Treat yourself a little bit. But here she says, you know, I don't, I don't want to give this up because of my opportunity to share the gospel. My opportunity to share Jesus Christ with these people. And each and every day, I'm telling you, she looks for those opportunities. Why? Because she's in love with Jesus. Jesus just consumes her. And you can just see the glow about her. Why? Because she's just in love with Jesus. 
And that's what I'm talking about. If you're going to be empowered by the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're going to be uh, just that conduit that you desire to be for the grace of God to flow through you, it's going to be through knowing Jesus, having that close, intimate relationship with Him. We must know the who of grace, but also we must know the word of grace. This book is a message of grace. And it's by God's grace that we have this book today. Amen? I rejoice in the fact that I'm able to have a Bible, that I'm able to hold it in my hands. Just think about it. There's people all around the world, maybe in you know, other countries, that have never even heard the word Jesus or heard the name of Jesus because they've never seen a Bible, they've never been preached uh, out of a Bible, they've never had an opportunity to know who Jesus is just because they don't have this book. And we have plenty of them. I know I have plenty of them. And it's so important that we know this book. We know the word of grace. We know God's word. We have to uh, know it in our hearts and in our, uh, in our mouths to where it, it's continually uh, just flowing through us. We can come to an understanding of God's grace through this book. And how do we do that? Well, it's because the word communicates the source of salvation. The word communicates the source of salvation. If you turn to Romans chapter number 10, this is the other passage I want to look at, Romans chapter number 10. We see that it communicates the source of salvation, which is Jesus Christ. In Romans 10, verse number 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. And that should be our prayer. That should be our prayer for our nation. That should be our prayer for this lost and dying world. That should be our prayer for this city. We see that he continues, For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to the knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. We see here that it's through the word of God that we are communicated the source of salvation. That it comes through Jesus Christ. It is by Christ, it is the end of the law for righteousness. We see that, uh, that these Israelites, these Jews were uh, striving to attain their own righteousness through their own abilities, through their own actions. And we have to come to that understanding that the source of salvation is not in our own selves, but it's in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the source of that. And the Word of God confirms that. We see that it's Jesus Christ for salvation and no one else. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's only by Jesus Christ. We see that the word communicates the significance of salvation. We look at verse number 5. It says, For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. We see here that in the law it was communicated that in order to be righteous, you had to fulfill the law. You had to do the law. You had to live the law. But what do we realize? What do we know? That none of us can fulfill the law. None of us can do the law. 
None of us can abide by the law perfectly. Therefore, we are condemned in our sin. We are not righteous. As the Bible tells us in Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We see in Romans 3.10, it's therefore by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. It was by the law that we were made known that we are in need of a Savior. And the significance of salvation, the importance of it, is that we are all condemned to that place called hell if we don't die with the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. It's so very vital and important that our world knows and understands this, that we are going to be dead in our sin if we die without the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's our responsibility to go and carry that gospel message so that they may know the importance of salvation. We see that the word communicates the simplicity of salvation. In verse number 8, but what saith it? That's referring to salvation or righteousness by faith. Says that the word is nigh thee even thy mouth. And in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. Salvation is so simple, it's right there on the tip of your tongue. It's right there sitting on your heart ready for you just to confess with your heart and with your mouth the Lord Jesus and profess salvation or, or profess faith through the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. We see we continue there in verse number 9. It's very simple. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on me shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Salvation is simple. And praise the Lord for that. Because I would not be able to achieve it on my own. There is uh, nothing good in me. The only good thing in me is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's something that we ought to rejoice in, the fact that we are saved by the grace uh, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we have to come to that understanding that it is a simple salvation. And that it's simple for our world to receive. It's a matter of them just believing by faith in Jesus Christ. We see the message of the gospel. We see the Messiah of the gospel. We see Jesus Christ. We see the message. We see that the plan is given to us by God's word of how we can trust Christ. We see that Christ died and many would say, oh, Christ died, so therefore everybody's saved. No, that's not the case. That's why we have the message telling us how we can apply the blood of Christ to our life. How we can profess faith and believe on Jesus Christ for salvation. But lastly, as we look here tonight, in this area more so of application, we see that we must know that we are witnesses of this grace. We must know that we are witnesses of this grace. We continue in verse number 14. It says, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? 
And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. How are the lost ever going to hear about Jesus Christ? It's only going to be if somebody goes and tells them. It's only going to be if somebody carries the gospel message, carries Jesus Christ with them, and shines brightly so then they may see who Jesus is. How can they call upon Him in whom they have not believed? How can they believe on somebody they have not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? That's why we have these missions conference. That's why uh, we, you know, we, uh, we focus so much on this area of the gospel during this time. And really, we should be pondering it all throughout the year. And it shouldn't just be uh, these three days and then go back to our normal lifestyle. No, it should be something that we carry with us. Something that we should be praying about that the Lord will provide opportunities for us to carry the message, to carry the gospel to somebody that is in need of it. Let me encourage you, be a messenger. Be a messenger. Be one that carries the gospel message. I'm so glad that I had somebody to carry the gospel message to me. I rejoice in that all the time. I just think about where I would be if it wasn't for the grace of God allowing me to have that opportunity to be here, to hear the message of the gospel preached. And that I just think for the, by the grace of God that I listened that my heart was pricked by it and I knew that I needed a Savior. That's something that we ought to remind ourselves about, that without that messenger telling us, where would we be? That's something that I try to remind myself about. So let's be that messenger that somebody was for us. Let's go out and share the gospel, to share the good news, because they're not going to hear unless we go. We must... Share the good news. So often, maybe in a missions conference, we look at the finances. Oh, as long as I'm you know, giving to missionaries, supporting them, it's good enough. But it's not. It's something that we all have to take part in, to where we take part in the Great Commission, to where we share and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is more than facts to believe. It's, it, it is a life to be lived. It is a life to be lived. I encourage you, be a messenger. Secondly, I encourage you, back a messenger. Support a messenger. Lift up their arms as they try to continue to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We all ought to be taking part in supporting a messenger, supporting others as they go to give the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's so very important that we support messengers. We've heard it all this week. I'm not going to re-preach it. We must be a messenger. We must back a messenger. And this last thought here, we must build up messengers. We must build up messengers. Who are we training to carry the gospel after us? Who are we teaching and bringing up so that they may continue on their race? I don't want the gospel to die off after me. I want to see multiple people just carrying the gospel because the Lord allowed me to have an opportunity just to share it with them. Let's build up messengers. As we look at our children, as we look at the young people that are in these classes, I love being with the young children. I love seeing the next generation and spending time with them and 
I just encourage you, encourage them in the area of the gospel. Encourage them in sharing their faith. You'll be surprised the boldness that they have as children. Maybe when we're ashamed or maybe we're nervous about sharing the truth, they say, hey, let's go give them a track. I've had that happen before. I've been convicted because of a young person having a desire to share their faith. Let's build up messengers. Let's bring up others with us. All this to kind of close out here in this last verse, going back to our first text, 1 Corinthians 15, in verse number 58. The Bible says, therefore, that means because of all this that I've talked about, because of the gospel, because of uh, Christ being alive, because he is in authority, because he is approaching, because his love is ever abounding for us, because of his grace towards us, What does he say? He says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Continue. Unmovable. That's not shaken. Not swayed. But always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's sharing the gospel. That's sharing Jesus. That is sharing the gospel of grace. I encourage you, let's look for ways to share the gospel of grace. Whether it be us personally, whether it be us supporting somebody else to go, or whether it be us bringing up others to share their faith. I encourage you, let's be witnesses of His grace. This week, we've been challenged to go and to give. We've been challenged to do these things, but let me remind you, Let us do these things by the grace of God. It's yet not I. It's not my own ability. It's not me. It's nothing that I can do, but it's only what Christ can do through me. So often we try to do this great commission in our own power. And we find ourselves falling short. We find ourselves maybe struggling to carry the gospel. But we can't do it on our own. We can only do it through His power, through His grace. So let's go by grace. Let's give by grace. Let us all be done through the grace of God. Let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, I just thank You so much for Your grace. That it's always abounding, God. And Lord, I'm just so thankful for Your Word that we have the opportunity to be able to know Your grace that we may know salvation, that we may know part in the Great Commission, that we would share the good news of Jesus Christ, that we would take part. And Lord, I pray that we would abide in that, that we would live in that each and every day, and so that we may carry Jesus Christ with us wherever we go. I pray that as we close this missions conference, Lord, I pray that it wouldn't just uh, be a close of the gospel in our own lives, but Lord, that we would carry it forth from here, that we would go into our workplaces, we would go into uh, our own cities, we would go into wherever we may be, Lord, and carry the gospel with us, that we would carry Jesus Christ, that we would shine brightly that true light which is your Son. I pray that you, Lord, just convict us, Lord. I pray that you challenge us. I pray that we would just be used of you, Lord, and I pray that we would have a heart that is surrendered for your will in our life. Lord, we just thank you again for your grace. And thank you for the opportunity for us to be able to hear the gospel. 
And Lord, I pray that we would not allow that to be in vain to where we would carry that gospel wherever we go, that your Son may be known, that Jesus Christ may be preached. Lord, thank you so much for your grace and for your love. We ask all these things in your precious name. Amen. Pastor.